for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Nat and Justin. We're back. We're here. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. I am still in rainy San Francisco. Um, but it's sunny right now, so who knows? Maybe I can like get out and enjoy a little weather before the rain kicks in. Um, but first thing we had to do was record this episode. And trust me, it definitely wasn't going to happen last night after the game, even though it wasn't that late of a game for a few reasons. One, because my friend was visiting me here this weekend while I was here. So, you know, we had to go do girlfriend things after the show. Um, but secondly, I was tired. Like... I knocked out last night and I woke up very shortly before it was time to record this pod. My friend woke up. We're like, oh shit, she's scrambling because she got to get to the airport. We thought we were going to wake up, go work out because I did Peloton yesterday for the first time. Yes, don't judge me my first time. Um, And then we were like, we're going to go have some breakfast before she leaves. Yeah, none of that happened this morning. It was a mad like scramble, got locked out of my hotel room. So it's been an amusing morning. So yeah, so this pod was not happening last night after the game. I don't think anybody was in a rush for us to talk about this game. It was very blah. It was very blah game. Um, I don't know, Justin, I find it hard to be really distraught over this loss either, to be honest. Um, But some in Dub Nation were. The TL was somewhat in shambles. And I, I honestly... I don't know if I should be surprised, but I was a little surprised. It's like, I kind of know how the fan base reacts, but it's like, what they're like, what, five and two? (laughs) At home, yeah, over the stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's like, guys, come on. (laughs) Like, if if we would have known we were going to be missing all these players, Clay ends up being a late scratch. We have no staff. It's only Wiggins' first game back. He's on a minutes restriction. You don't mm-hmm. have played for back-to-backs. Like, you lose Kaminga during this stretch. If we would have known all these things ahead of time and said during that time the Warriors will have a 5-2 and two record, would we not all be excited? Yeah. yeah, yeah so I sure. just – I don't get the reaction to losing to this. You're supposed to we, You're supposed to beat Orlando. Why? Why are you supposed to beat Orlando? Are they not an NBA team? Do they not have Wagner, who's like a great young talent? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not scrubs. I know, like, their schedule makes people think they're scrubs, but they're not scrubs. And also, I mean, you mentioned this before, Justin, on the last episode. They were going to have Fultz coming back. Um, but this is a tough team. They they swept the Celtics this year as well. Can you talk about and get into a little why this was always going to be a tricky matchup for the Warriors, regardless of their schedule? Yeah, Um the the magic they just got a lot of youth energy they're athletic they're long um so they make things tough especially without Steph and without Clay to make to have to generate openings for everybody else so the whole night it was pretty much you know JP either come down and and come off a screen or he'll come down and they'll set up an iso for him on the wing and then one of the magic players would just completely ditch either Looney or Draymond and just sit in the paint and wait for him so it's just like a lengthy defender in front of him, one behind that guy as well. Um, so it's just hard for JP to to play within within that type of circumstance. And he was already struggling. They were not really. letting him see daylight last night. Yeah, right, exactly. And then we're just they were just without um, supplemental scoring and playmaking outside of him. I mean, like Wiggins is still getting his rhythm back. He was it was his first game back. Um, obviously, late you know um, game time decision scratch from Clay. So it was just I think that just zapped their energy right there. Um, and they already were running on fumes from this from this stint without everybody playing. So I wasn't surprised by it. It was it's disappointing, but I wasn't surprised by it. And I think overall people are a little bit upset just because, you know, essentially the first five games of this road trip were supposed to be the hardest ones, right? Like Portland is decent. Atlanta's been struggling, but on paper, they're better than Detroit, you know, something like that. And um, uh, Memphis and obviously the, the better team that they played earlier. So it's like, okay, now that we won those five in a row, we should win all eight, you know, like not that really was realistic. The end. That was the front end before. Before everything caught up. Yeah. Before the wear and tear starts before, right? Like it's yeah. like, yes, 
Like, I'm sure if they had their full energy and didn't have all those other things that existed, they probably could pull out a W against this team. And I don't even look at the Pistons game. Like, that was a buzzer beater. Like, they, they lost on a buzzer beater. They're, like, right. you, they had a chance to win. They were in it to the end. Like, that was a buzzer beater. Nothing you can do about those. But it's like, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, that Pistons game especially is it's kind of the same as – the games earlier in the season when they went on that road trip, they didn't have Dante. And those games came down to one possession games, right? Like against the Magic earlier this season, I believe Clay tied it up or something like that at the very end. And then the Magic just couldn't miss from three. Like once it's a one possession game, you just leave it up to luck or just shot variance or whatever the case may be. And that's it is what it is. You live with the result. Um, like when it, you say it's disappointing, you just mean it's disappointing because like, you don't want you want you want them to win every game, right? right. You want them, yeah, right. That's the only but thing. not like disappointing, like you're disappointed at like the players and 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 what they did, right? I'm just trying to make sure I understand. Yeah, I mean a little bit. Like you 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 want to see Jordan get out of his little struggle slump right here, but you understand like what's going on and how this stretch is kind of weighing on him and all the other guys as well. Um, so like I said, yeah, disappointing in the sense that like you just want them to play well every single game all the time, but that's just not a realistic expectation. Um, and yeah, I mean, you would you would hope that it had been a closer game and they kind of just got blown out essentially, but uh, it is what it is. On to the next one. Hopefully Wiggins will have a better rhythm with them next game and Andre looked like he hasn't played in, because he hasn't really played in a year. Yeah. To be honest, like he wasn't getting consistent minutes after January of last season. So right. it's, it's, it's been a year um, since he really had consistent minutes and it, and it definitely showed up on the court. Uh, but I'm not yeah. expecting much from Andre. I never have been. I kind of. Right. I'm like, let him just be someone who coaches guys on the side. I know he always says like, that's not what he's there for, but it's like bro, do you really have anything left? Like, that's no, like, disrespect to Andre. I'm not trying to, like, shade him. I just don't know what he really has left to give besides, like, his, just the knowledge, and which is a lot, like, you know, to, to help them along. I mean, they're kind of low on body, so I understand from that perspective just to try to relieve some guys putting him out there. But do you think he can really add anything, excuse me, like, to this team right now? I do. Um okay. Yeah, he's still he's still strong. He still um, still has length in his arms and stuff like that. And then you can always apply your IQ in real time. I don't think he's completely like lost all of his athleticism. You know what I mean? He can still move his feet a little bit. Um, yeah, I think I think he can definitely help in like spot minutes and stuff like that. And then he can just settle guys down, like tell guys where they need to be. It's different when a guy's coaching on the sideline is, and as opposed to like him actually being in the court telling you what to do, what and seeing, and he actually sees the game from a player's point of view, like on the court. So he can he can add some value, but they, they definitely shouldn't be relying on him to do that. Yeah, I um, have some video of Andre um, before the um, not the last game, not not just Orlando, but the Pistons game. I got some practice video of him just. Uh, warming up, shooting, things like that. I mean, he looks fine, you know, when you see mm -hmm. him. He hit some threes. He missed a, a ton, but he, <laughs> he, also, he also hit some, and, you know, he looked good. Him and JP were on the court together. I just, like I said, I just keep wondering, like, what he really has left to give. Um, so we'll see. I mean, just knowing Andre, there's going to be some huge moment, whether it's in the playoffs or a big game or something. He's going to, like, hit some corner three or he's going to like get a steal or he's going to like come up and do something big. But I think those moments are going to be much more sporadic than mm -hmm. like a regular thing, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I think so too. They, I mean, they're, they're not going to rely on him. I don't think he might not even play in the playoffs much um, to be honest. So we'll just, we'll see what he has to give. <laughs> we'll see what he has to give. Okay. Um, yeah, like, were you concerned when you saw that Clay was a late scratch because everyone was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, we find out it's just left knee soreness. Um, so I should say it's just, but one, does that concern you that he has left knee soreness or do you just like, 
look, the two injuries, he's been playing a lot, a lot of wear. You just chalk mm-hmm. it up that. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's just that, just the wear and tear of the, the, the recent two weeks that they've had to play without all these guys. So he's probably going to, you know, I don't know if he's going to have the next game, but if he, if he is scratched for the next game too, I wouldn't be surprised, nor would I be concerned. It's just a matter of navigating his reality now as someone who's come back from two injuries like that. Um, yeah. So Wiggins should be able to fill in a little bit for what clay has been doing. Um, and then Steph will be back the next game after that, hopefully. And if they need to go for a few games without clay, they, he's earned the the right to be able to sit a few games actually um, based on like what he's been doing with all those guys out. So I think he'll be fine in the long run. Yeah. And I, um, I asked Wiggs three questions last night. I was being greedy. Um, <laughs> you know, I wasn't asking lamb no damn questions. So I had to wait. So I figured like a makeup from not asking lamb and then, you know, I want to ask Wiggs questions. Um, what? Sorry, I was so excited. I didn't act like this though in there, so I can act like this on the pod because you know, in there I was a professional. Um, but um, I asked him about like how long does he think it's going to take him to, you know, he said he was surprised because this is his longest absence, you know, um, that he's had. So yeah, he was it definitely he felt it out there, and you know, um, but he he said he didn't think it was going to take him long to start to feel like himself and so to be determined but he was he felt pretty confident <laughs> in that but yeah he did note that like it was it was different um definitely being back out there it, it looked like it a little bit he was trying to get his feet under him um shooting a lot of jumpers not necessarily going straight to the basket and I think Orlando is one of those teams where it's just tough um for guys to get to the basket anyway because they have so much length um on the perimeter, all throughout the roster, they got guys that can just stay in front, um, make it tough on you dribbling, just with their hands getting in, getting under your dribble. So um, I think he looked okay for, for a return game. You just want to see him constantly trend upward. That's just, you know. I thought he looked better as the game went on, right? Like, I felt mm-hmm. like like his midi looked good. And, like, the, the three was, like, it was, like, a little short or, like, it was in and out. So it's there. It's not, like, far off. It wasn't, like air balls you know what I'm saying so I I thought like as the game progressed I I actually thought he looked pretty good Mm -hmm. I agree yeah so they got wigs back and to me I think like that in itself is is huge and you know he'll get two games under him at home before they head on a road trip he'll also probably get um, another practice and they have practice they're Mm -hmm. gonna practice again on Monday um so yeah so you know hopefully he's right and that like I mean he's a world-class athlete but players always think they can do everything so I mean you have a sense of this you're an athlete you also like are a trainer like what do you think is realistic before you kind of start to see him looking like the Andrew Wiggins we know um I think it's really case by case like you you can't really I mean, you can pull, you can ballpark it, but it all depends on him, how he's feeling rhythm wise. Like, I think his body's okay. They're just going to slow play it so he can make sure they can make sure they avoid any um, injuries from like you know his conditioning just not being all the way there yet. So they're probably slow playing as far as minutes restriction. But as far as like how he, how he actually looks, it's just all determined by his rhythm. Like on the court, does he feel like? the game is kind of moving fast for him. I think he said that he was like, he just felt a, little, a step slow and it, it kind of looked like that at certain points, but as he plays more and more, he should get that, that rhythm back. Um, and I think maybe a week, two weeks, he should start to look like he, like the normal. Um, and hopefully it's just overall, like it doesn't take him like too long or maybe, like an extended period of time with him not playing at the all-star level that he was playing at, because this was probably the best that he's played in his career. So you would like to see him get back to that level and sustain it throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he didn't speak that much. I Like he didn't, he was asked about like the illness he had after 
getting like healing from the abductor because or adductor is that how you say it mm -hmm. um because like he remember he was ready to go and then he got sick he just said like his whole household was sick and so but like they're all better now um if it was covid we'd know about it because he'd be in protocol so i want you know, there's so much going around right now like the flu there's other things he didn't say what it was but i do wonder like if any of those other kinds of things because some of those are like respiratory there are other things so since we don't know what it is i just hope there's no lingering effects from those because like the flu that kind of shit can fuck you up like there's like effects of it afterwards even though you're technically better so mm -hmm. yeah i hope it was just maybe like a stomach bug or something like that that just kind of had him down and like you said nothing nothing lingering nothing it was his whole family though so it was definitely something that like he said the whole family was sick so that's why i was like mm, okay that's interesting right. so i just hope like i'm glad they're okay but like i just know there's just so much like right now there's actually we always think of just covid but there's just so much out there right now people like a lot of people are just getting sick this time of year and so i hope it wasn't anything that like messed with him too much or his family for that matter right all right um, I think now is a good time to break, but I will just say this one last thing. Yes, I know that Anthony Lamb performed well in the first half. I don't care. Um, he, he <laughs> I don't care, but you did notice that the magic ended come the second half, right? And so and this, the, the, the question like that keeps going around is like, is his shooting real or not real? What, what, like, what do you think, Justin? Is it because he's at home, it's real at home and not on the road? Or what is it? I, mean, I think overall he's a pretty good shooter. Um, you know, he's made enough this season so far to to say that like him hitting shots isn't fake. But I put on a timeline like, yeah, he's probably not going to make anymore. He, he hit five out of eight in the first half. I'm like, all right, he's probably not going to make anymore, especially after he missed his first one that he took in the second half. I'm like, yeah, he's probably done. Like, that's okay. We, you, we had our opportunity to use that shooting in the first half to kind of, you know, open up the game and build a lead based on that, because a guy that you don't expect to hit five threes and a half hit him. So, and then people were like, Oh no, he's a 40% shooter. Um, he can actually shoot. I'm like, y'all do know five for eight is 63% from three, right? That's not 40%. No. <laughs> and so, like not to understand he's being left open like they're like they're not like in an actual setting like for some reason if he was to ever play in the playoffs in an actual setting like when they're being planned for he ain't getting off them shots yeah and i mean so like you ever... let danny green keep getting off them shots for like the first few games of that final series and like they were like we don't understand like why they keep leaving him open he's still open and then chris bosh was like yeah, there won't be any more of that. And then it was done. Like, yeah. there were talks about Danny Green being finals MVP, and that shit got shut down with the quickness. Like, right. they're not just going to keep letting a role player go off like that if that is what happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, they let Harrison Barnes what shoot did? because he wasn't making them. But if he would have started making them in 2016, they would have stopped leaving him open. Yeah, I mean, even in the second half, he, he had a few open ones, and he just missed them. It's like... I said the av the averages are the averages for a reason, right? A guy is not going to shoot 64% from three for an entire game when he's just a 39, 38% shooter. Like, he's not Steph. He's not Clay, He's not one of these premier shooters in the league. He's Anthony Lamb. So, like, I don't understand why there was people, like, pushing back on that, like, to say that he can, he can replicate that again. It's like, sure, he probably could. One out of a thousand games. Like, <laughs> I don't understand that, so. He yeah. has some stands, which is like very interesting to me because he's like the bomb player. Yeah. And like I think I saw it was like Charlie, it's Zathlin's Cummings, right? He did like a thread. Claytheus, Charlie. Yeah, Claytheus. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, I'm like saying his real name. I'll be known people's like handles. I just be known they governments. Um, <laughs> but he uh did a thread on his defense. Like, I'm getting tired of this guy's defense because like his defense is really not great, it's like atrocious, to be honest. And so that's when people are just like, no, he's really good. I'm like, are you watching his whole game? Or are you just watching the shots go in? Right. Like, like he's ass on defense, yo. And yeah, I don't player, like watching it. Yeah, people love equating just offense to um, playing well, especially when you have low expectations for a player and they exceed those low expectations. All of a sudden, they're good. It's like, uh, 
he's actually not great. I mean, he's like I said, he he's providing value as if he's a two-way or a bet minimum player. Value. Yeah, he's exceeded two-way player value. Kudos to that. But he's not that good, guys. If we have to rely on Anthony Lamb to win basketball games in regular season, we're not in a good place. That's just that's just what it is. So you listen to some of these people, they probably think he's better than Jordan Poole. It is crazy out here in these streets, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. He won't sniff a playoff uh, rotation. At least I hope. If he, if he does, we're probably not going to win a championship. I'm just keeping it a bean. I'm just keeping it a bean. Like, we should hope that he's not playing in the playoffs or he's not playing the second half of the season because we have upgraded that position. Guys. I mean, didn't Damian Lee see some minutes in the playoffs? So knowing Kerr, he might see, like, some little spot minutes, but he should not be one of their key rotation guys is really our point, right? Like, right. And I mean, we know they're, 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 they're top eight really. Cause we know who the top six are like with Jordan. Right. And so, um, yeah. seven and eight are. Dante and Kaminga, right? right. So those are your eight and those should be like your eight key rotation guys. And I think ideally Kerr would like a ninth guy. And we're saying like, that's who they should trade for or try to sign you know, someone for that last roster spot, whether it be someone at the deadline and, you know, it's a buyout, whatever it is. But we think that ninth person should not be someone who's existing, like currently on the score. <laughs> right. Unless someone steps up in a remarkable way and shows us otherwise. But I'm not counting on anyone. The only one I would watch to see is maybe a PBJ. And I know that's like a lot on a rookie, but man, his shooting, Justin, is just so damn beautiful. Right. This is this is somebody like, all right, if he hit five threes and a half, I'm like, all right, maybe. Maybe he can do it again. I don't know. He shoots 43% <laughs> this season. So I think I think he's going to be ready as early as next year to play um, in the middle, so. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. If, if anybody can get that nice spot that's currently on the roster, um, I would I would think the easiest path would be for him to do it, and um, everybody else. We'll see. <laughs> Help us in a regular season as much as you can. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna break here. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original with uh, Nat and Justin. We'll be right back. For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. What up, guys? We're back. It's Justin and Nat, Golden Spaces, Odyssey Original Podcast. Um, I'm really enjoying my time out here in San Francisco, even though it's been hella rain. It's been great. It really has. Um... And last night, I got to ask Dante questions, which I was excited about because I've got a few Loon questions and I did talk to Loon again last night, but I feel like, no, I think I've only asked Loon questions two nights out of the three games that I've gone to, but I've seen Loon now three times. I've seen Clay two times, asked Clay questions both times. Um, So I was really hoping for some new people. I did get Ty Jerome in there. So I was hoping for some new people. So Dante and Wiggins last night. So I did get to ask them questions and I was not shy. I asked them multiple questions. So um, I talked to Dante though, and I I asked him, um, I asked him what he saw in that second half, first of all, like, you know, because it seemed like that's where the game got away from them. Um, But then I asked him if the team is feeling any collective fatigue. And um, here's what he has to say. Greg, can you um, cue up the clip, please? Do you think there's a level of fatigue that the team is feeling collectively from just having so many guys out till this point? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just the wear and tear of the season. Guys that, you know, minutes are, you know, maybe in the the low 20s or in the mid 30s. Um, We had a game that went into double overtime, game over every other day. And, you know, it's that balance of, you know, trying to practice and trying to, you know, keep developing and also taking care of your body. So, um, you know, it's a grind, but I think the biggest thing and the best thing to look forward to is, you know, we got guys coming back. And I think the more games, the more minutes they get under their belt, it allows everybody to kind of settle in. And, you know, we're, I think we're, we're going in the right direction, but we definitely have a long way to go. And I think we'll settle in as those guys come back. Okay. So 
So there you go. Like he basically acknowledged that they're tired. And you know, players don't like to say that. Cause when I tried to, when I tried to ask Clay about that um, after the loss to the Pistons, he kind of just dismissed that and was like, no, I'm not feeling it. And I'm not. And we know some players are just going to respond like that. Like they're not going to always acknowledge and own that. And maybe because of two, it was just one loss. Right. So he didn't want to say that, but um, I liked that he acknowledged, but he also gave a really just detailed break, you know, guys who normally play 20 minutes. Now they're playing 30 minutes. You have double, you know, he took us through it from the player's perspective. And I don't, I hope that helps fans understand because they're just like, I mean, we're more rested than Orlando because Orlando had to fly. Like Orlando's a young team all around collectively. Like they got young legs. We have older guys. They've just played double overtime. Clay is getting late scratches. That's, that's, that's not just his prior two injuries. That's also him being an older player guys. We've already Mm -hmm. heard Draymond is like, you know, playing with some like Knicks, you know, it's like, collective fatigue builds up over time. Like you don't just recover from that because you had two nights of rest off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also taking to an account, like what Jordan is seeing on the court and coverages. Like, I don't think people are grasping how exhausting that is. And Justin, you're better equipped to talk about this than me. So can you help like break some of this down and, 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 and how that fatigue starts to seep in? Yeah, I mean, you already hit it, hit the nail on the head. Like, guys are, they've essentially went through training camp, went through the majority of the season at this point, preparing their bodies to play a certain amount of minutes. Um, obviously, the main guys are going to be prepared to to push the limits a little bit. But when you have two, three, 35 a game, 35 minutes a game guys out for an extended period of time, you got a bunch of dudes that come in and play 12, 13 minutes at a time they're out. It just, it wears on your body. Um, and then even if you have two days of rest, it doesn't erase the the last two weeks. You know what I mean? Like that you've been playing a lot of basketball, a lot of minutes, tough games, um, games that went down to the wire, a double overtime game. Like that stuff definitely adds up, especially when you're older, it gets harder to recover. Um, and, you know, Clay's had multiple injuries and stuff like that. So he has to navigate how his joints feel and stuff like that. Like you said, Draymond had the back thing. Looney, even though he's been Iron Man for this season and last season, that in itself is tough, right? He's played every he played every game last season, went through the playoffs. Now he's played every game this season. It's just it's tough. It, it wears on your body. They're banging down there. So, I mean, it's, it's they're human, right? Um, Clay... Clay is very prideful, so you can you can expect him to answer in the way that he did. Like, yeah, I'm not tired, you know. And he's also, again, off those two injuries, he doesn't want to seem like like weak in any way, right? He's like, I'm good, like. So that's expected. But Dante kept it real, like, yeah, we're feeling it a little bit, and you can't really blame him. So I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, Jordan is just he's seeing a lot of attention. He's carrying a a, a massive offensive load, so you can imagine that he's mentally and physically fatigued as well. Um, so getting guys back is paramount for them to kind of get back on track and taper some guys minutes down so they can get their bodies back in order. Yeah. And I mean, I, you just touched on like something I want to follow up on. You talked about mental fatigue as well, right? There's something that comes with that as well. Right. Because people are just like, you know, I just want them to show up and give their all. Like, I'm like, do you show up for your jobs every day and give 100%? I know. Right. I don't. I don't, we're human. So why Mm -hmm. do you expect them to? Like, even if technically their bodies are recovered, there's a mental factor of like, you're 100% focused, giving your all. And like, that's sometimes hard to do. And like, I can understand if they're just like, look, we just don't got it tonight. (laughs) Like, that just happens. Yeah. I don't know why that just can't be okay for this. (laughs) I mean, a lot of of people view professional sports like like athletes are like robots or something like they don't have any emotional mental um psychological factors that you know affect how they feel on a day-to-day like all those and not things just the affect- game but other family issues right things that come up that we don't even fucking know about it's it's 82 games plus preseason <laughs> plus training camp plus the playoffs they're not going to be 
110% ready to go every single time they step on the court. It, it is, is what it is. Um, and that's why some people are asking for the season to be shortened, right? Because of stuff like this, like you just, they're human beings. They're going to have games where they just don't have it. And it is, what it, it came at a, at a time where you would hope that they would just run the table and win every single home game on this stretch and just be in third place by the end of it. And then Steph comes back and they just shoot up the first place. Like, it's just not going to, thought that going in this is why right now this kind of reaction is like sort of frustrating to me because it's like y'all didn't even think we were winning any games y'all were ready to wipe off the season people were talking about rebuild like y'all were not even here we Mm. were just like we just want them to stay around 500 like i hope they win the suns game but even if if they don't i don't really care because they'd be what at worst one game under 500 their best player their best <laughs> two players were out arguably if you consider andrew second best but two of their top three guys four guys were out one of them being their very best player who makes everything work right and so he's been out wiggins has been out listen one game under 500 and to me that's a huge win even if that's where they end up you know mm-hmm. and like now like yes i know they're going to be going on the road but you have steph coming back i take that shit any day of the week as their position when you consider everything that you've had to factor in yeah and they're going to be steph should be coming back at game 42 of the season they're officially in the second half of the season at that point if you get to i mean if you look at last year half of the season they were essentially a 500 level team because of all the injuries and stuff that they were going to, but they started the season so well, they were well above 500 to start the season. Um, it kind of coasted and, and rolled that into um, the playoffs. And then at the end they had it to play, they had to win like their last two games or three games or something to get the third seed. Right. But you're hoping for something similar this year. Steph comes back at, at the midway point and they can kind of go on a little run the second half of the season to end up wherever they need to end up. Um, in the playoffs and I think ultimately that's what's going to happen you see other teams also on skids which also should be another reason why you shouldn't be pulling your hair out about two losses at this point because I mean look at the standings um Clippers have lost five in a row the the Suns have lost five in a row the Kings lost two in a row um the the Trailblazers lost two in a row so we're not losing that much ground they literally could win their next game and be really no ground at all it's like the only thing we're losing is the opportunity to create separation but like you're not you're not like we cannot say Steph is as good as he is and then be surprised that the team struggles to win without him you're not supposed to win without your best player guys at some point it's going to catch up right like this is the thing that happens it's like we've when we've lost Steph or even like last year, like when Dre went out or different things, we either started off losing a lot and then we won a lot or like here we started winning a lot and now they're tapering off. So mm-hmm. it ends up being the 500 result we're hoping happens, but it doesn't look like they win a game, they lose a game, they win a game, they lose a game. So I think that's what the issue is, right? Because it doesn't, they, they, they go and they win these five games. So now you just want them to keep winning. But at some point, Right. It's going to catch up to you. Like, you're not supposed to win without your best guys. Like, you need them. That's why right. they're stars. All-stars and superstars. Yeah, and it's, and it's not even like you're just missing. Again, back to uh, either two episodes ago where I said, it's not like they're just missing Steph. They just got Wiggs back. Okay. He's on a minutes restriction. They're missing Kaminga, Kaminga, Wiseman, JMG. Like, guys that can at least just be bodies and preserve minutes for the other guys that are just Play on all back these Clay just late game scratch out of nowhere. Like, come on. Like, we just got to be realistic a little bit more. Um, and if guys go through a, a rough patch, stop asking for them to be traded. Like, <laughs> proven players. Like, you keep asking for guys, like, about their questioning their contract and all this type of stuff. Like, be realistic. Like, these guys are not robots. They're human beings. Like, come on. The Jordan Poole shit, honestly, really fucking annoys me. He's not a good basketball player. Like, he just had, what, like, five 20-point games? Like, whether it's super efficient or not, like, you're, you're not getting that because you're a bad basketball player, right? Like, that's why, that's why, like, I remember when uh, Matt Barnes, like, jumped into, like, Nick Wright's mentions, like, how the fuck are you going to call Andrew Wiggins a bad basketball player? Like, he was just so appalled. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I get it, like, people felt like Andrew at the time when he was in Minnesota didn't live up to like 
the standards they thought he would be for like a number one pick or whatever. But like, like, it's just, it was, come on. Like some people just get really crazy with these things they're saying about players. Uh, Like Jordan Poole is like a very promising basketball player. Like, let's just get that very clear. He absolutely fucking deserved his contract. And it's just like, People tell me, I don't care what kind of coverages he's seeing. Well, then I'm not going to have a conversation with a fucking irrational person. Because, like, if you're not going to contextualize the coverages he's seeing and then also understand that there's no other offensive weapons really out there on the court with him, okay, and he's not yet the level of player that Steph Curry is and may never be because Steph Curry is a generational talent and top five to seven player of all time, right? Like, so he may not ever be that. You watch Kevin Durant struggle with double teams. You watch him at his great experience age, like struggle with them in that Celtic series. And then y'all are shocked that Jordan Poole is struggling. I I just don't understand, Justin. (laughs) Yeah, people just want the cake. A four-year young developing player. Right. They, the people want to have their cake and eat it too. They want everything to be perfect at all times. And if it isn't, then burn the whole house down. And it's just an, an annoying stance to, to take. But, yeah. What can Jordan Poole be doing out there? You know, listen, he's – look, the team is getting some relief. Dante noted it like they're getting some guys back. I think everyone is like, yes, we're getting stuff back soon. Because it's not just Steph's. 30 that you're missing it's how much easier he makes the game mm-hmm. for the rest of them too right and you're gonna see i just think improvement all around because you're gonna see all those other guys improve because now he's taking back so much of the attention away from them and also making it so much easier for them to score right so it's it's not just his output but it's also how he makes the game easier for them so you can tell they're looking forward to that um but look, there will still probably be some more games that Jordan will play without Steph. We know he's coming back from injury, so he will likely be on a minute's restrictions. Kerr was already not really playing him that much on back-to-backs. I think he might have done it twice for him this year, but for the most part, he was resting him. So um, there will probably be more games that Jordan plays without Steph. So what can he do? Like, what would you hope for him to start seeing on the court to try to navigate his coverages that he's seeing right now. Yeah, I think he should be a little bit more decisive with his moves. Um, Take a little less time to make a decision when he gets the ball in an ISO situation or whatever the case may be. He'll catch it and then he'll like jab, jab, and then just like not do anything. And it's like you just wasted three seconds. You know, like now you have to rush whatever you're going to do the defense is now set up because guys are just watching you. Um, So I think he should just make quicker decisions, make decisive decisions. I know that's kind of a redundant word to say, but he should go to the basket a little bit more. Um, I understand like his legs might not be there to consistently drive and stuff like that, but I think he'll have a higher success rate if he does that rather than settling for long jumpers with no legs, you know, and his, his shots been kind of off all season anyway. So trying to draw some fouls, just being quick with his decisions, um, setting guys up, even if it's like driving just to kick out to a non-shooter, like just make a quick decision so the ball can keep moving and you don't like stall the offense. Yeah. And all of that, and I still have no doubt about JP, like he's going to show up when we need him. He's already proven that. And I'm I'm really not worried about him, to, to be honest. Like, when the team gets back to the proper construction of what it should be, like they're going to be fine. And we just got to find ways right now to win when it's not. And I feel like even this year, he has stepped up a lot already in the absence of Mm -hmm. staff and when Clay's not there. And I, at some point, I feel like it's just really fucked up the way people are like acting towards him, the fan base. I really do. And, and like I, like I said, in reference to lamb, the averages are the averages for a reason, right? But when you look at Jordan's career, right, other than his rookie season where he was still trying to get his legs under him and stuff like that, the last two seasons, he's been a mid-30s three-point shooter on high volume and high difficulty, right? When the shots get easier, when he gets his rhythm, he's going to regress positively to the mean, where his his career average is. Um, 
And I think it's, it might end up being like an avalanche, right? Where he goes a month, two months shooting 40% from three or something like that. But he's going to end up at a higher three-point percentage than where he is right now. He's not a 30% three-point shooter. Like, we all know that. So when it when it does happen, it's 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 going to look like there's going to be a bunch of people who are saying trade him and is he don't he's not worth his contract. It's going to be a bunch of people saying like, oh, he's our second best player, you know, like stuff like that. So just just it's a long season. Stay the course. He's a young player that's still developing. He he needs to get a little bit more consistent, but that comes with experience. And I think by the end of the season, this conversation won't even be a conversation. All right. That sounds like a good place to end this segment. Thank you for tuning in. This is Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast with Justin and Nat. We will be right back. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. Hey, hey, hey. Golden Spaces. Odyssey Original Podcast. Justin and Matt, you know, we got to finish strong with the vibes. So we over this Orlando loss already. We move. We have to get ready for the Suns coming in. I believe the Suns will still be without Devin Booker. Um, So expectations for that game, Justin. I don't know if Kaminga will be back. I think it's a chance he could be. He's out of the boot. He's out of the, the boot he was wearing. So no word yet on that, but he could be back. Let's hope that the soreness and and like now with Clay getting these extra days off that, you know, he already had two nights off before the Orlando game, didn't play that. And now he's getting another two nights off. So, you know, fingers crossed that Clay can play. Andrew mm-hmm. will have now one game under him. Um, so, and we know Clay. I mean, Booker won't be out there, but we know they don't really like the Suns team. So Jordan likes to go off against the Suns. We know that. So um, I think they bounce back and they get that W. I know we haven't been doing predictions on here in a while, but I don't think they won a three-game loss. I think they want to end the homestand on a win and mm-hmm. then start that road trip properly, knowing Steph is is likely going to be back. Um, so what do you think? Yeah. Uh... I agree. I think they're all going to come into the game thinking like they beat us twice this season so far. They have some some animosity between the teams. You know, Booker's not playing, but Bridges, I think, should be playing. So Clay's probably going to be trying to have a good game. Um, he's going to have some rest, so he should be have his legs under him, and hopefully he doesn't have any lingering soreness and stuff like that. Um, and they usually get up for higher profile teams, right? Like Memphis, they played like it was a playoff game pretty much. Boston, they play with a good intensity. Um, and at home against a high profile team, I think they're gonna bring it. And it should be it should be a win. Phoenix is like I said, reeling right now. They are they've lost five in a row. I think they play tonight. I wanna say they play a decent team tonight. So they could potentially be on a six game losing streak. So they're gonna be motivated, but um, I think they should be a little bit more fatigued than the Warriors are at this point, and they should lose to the Warriors. We should look out for Chris Paul's shenanigans because we know he will come with some. Right. Right. But let's hopefully go. We get, I'm sorry. Hopefully we get Kaminga back um, for that game because he can hound Chris Paul, and Chris Paul is kind of washed at this point. As a scorer, he's kind of washed. So a guy like Kaminga can really frustrate him and um, just make it really tough for Phoenix to score in general. Yeah, let's get this W. Come on, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Okay, moving on to some other news. So what's today? Sunday? Mm -hmm. I want to say it was maybe on Friday. It was the triple vote day. Yes. So it was on Friday. Draymond Green. That damn podcast is back and it's already rolling us up. So (laughs) I don't listen to this podcast. I only see the clips that people put up and I wish there was a way for me to mute enough words. So I never had to see any clips of this fucking podcast. Okay. So he says that LeBron James is the best face of the NBA. So 
something along those lines and there can never be another face and he's the best that there's been and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> and I wanted to throw up, okay? Now, I know people think that like as Warriors fans, we're just reacting because of Steph. But like, honestly, to me, if you know the history of the league, that's a disrespectful statement to make on so many levels. Like, arguably... Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are the best faces this league has ever seen because they saved it. I don't think people understand what the league was at that time. It was tape delay. It was like all kinds of shit. And they were the first two players because they were co-faces. It was never just like, because it was always like the Lakers, Celtics, Bird, Magic. Like they literally, along with David Stern, they saved this league. They made it something. Right. And so like everyone, you just thought of magic, that smile, Lakers shows. I mean, like there's a lot of cases for people who have been the best faces of the NBA. And I think it's incredibly disrespectful to just say something like that without understanding and knowing the history of the league. And I don't want to sit here and say that Draymond doesn't know the history. So maybe it was an oversight on his part. But your eagerness to praise LeBron is now leading you to say really disrespectful shit, you know? So I thought that was crazy. But then you move on past them to Michael Jordan, who then took the game to a whole other level and a global icon still. Like, that's why when we did the top 75, it was all about MJ. It wasn't about LeBron. It was about MJ still for everybody in that room. For the greatest players to have ever played this game. And he was still the show stealer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, most people think that the 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 the, the NBA, you know, symbol <laughs> should be Michael Jordan. Like, what are we fucking doing here? You know, <laughs> talking about LeBron James has been the best face there is. And then let's get to the disrespect of your own teammate. Like. I'm sorry, but you can no longer continue to just say LeBron James is the face of the NBA. He had it for a period of time. But once the Warriors came, you cannot honestly say that. How can you be the face of the NBA when your team is never the most highly rated team? It, it Like, you don't draw the most ratings. You don't draw the most revenue. On social media, you're not getting the most views. You're getting outvoted an all-star by a guy. And I want to talk about that because... I don't think people understand what him going to the Lakers did for him because when he was still out in Cleveland, he wasn't getting more votes than Steph. Steph had been beating him mm-hmm. in all-star votes, right? You're not getting the most all-star votes. Like the reason I say that it's not to suggest that LeBron James isn't a great player and that he isn't a face of the NBA, but the, the fans are voting. So that's telling you who they know and who they recognize and what they resonate with. And I would argue that Braun and Steph have been co-faces similar to Braun, similar to like Bird and Magic for the last several years, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say right now, the last couple of years, it's probably been Steph, but it's not even LeBron right now. And like, you cannot argue he's been a soul face. So just like the disrespect of his own teammate, it's like, it's crazy to me. Like, I, I don't understand. And I, I get it. You're with Clutch, but come on, Dre. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, his, I mean, like I said before, he is a Golden State Warrior and he has been for the entirety of his career. He's good friends with Steph and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, once he's retired or left the Warriors, he's still going to be clutch. He's still going to be Nike. And they they run. They run it. Friends don't disrespect me, by the way. But okay. Yeah. I mean, they don't punch you in the face either. You know, (laughs) (laughs) know, so like, obviously. People don't like that we said that, but it's just like, look. I'm already indifferent on Dre. Like, I will never, like, take away what he's done for this franchise. But, like, I just can't give him the passes everybody else does. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's not even, like, people giving – some people give him a pass. And I think the majority of people just, like, yeah, it's weak. But, like, just win games. You know, help us win games, whatever. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, yeah, I understand you are clutch. You are Nike. That – that transcends your nba team loyalty organizational loyalty um but as long as you are helping this team 
win and you have been for the entirety of this dynastic run, then I'm going to just ignore your pod, whatever the case may be, like, and and kind of move on from there. But to talk to, like, piggyback on what you were saying about him just naming LeBron, like, the de facto greatest face of all time. LeBron, like you said, everybody has a case. Like, all of these guys have a case. Magic and Bird saved the league. Um, MJ took it global. Steph has transcended LeBron in, like, the social media and, like, just fan engagement aspect of it. Chase Center I think is we built need to on understand what we're saying when we say that. I'm sorry to cut you off because, like, LeBron fans will jump in and and tell me, you know, look how many followers LeBron has. Like, you're not understanding what I'm saying. First, LeBron has been an NBA player longer than Stephen Curry. I think we need to continue to restate that. So mm-hmm. he should have more followers. He should have more accolades. He's been playing longer, right? So they should not be equal in things, yet they are equal in rings, right? That's an important thing <laughs> to notate, right? And so, but the gap between them is not ginormous. That's what shows you Steph's impact. When you look on those lists that come up with most famous top, people Ron is always up there like in the top one two three whatever but Steph is always in there in the top 10 not far behind him in endorsements Steph is always right there yet he's been playing less years and he's done it in much less that that shows you the impact that's how you measure it not because they're not equal right now because Mm -hmm. one has been here longer and for the majority of their careers really all of their careers Steph has been a part of um, companies, endorsements, whatever the case may be, who can't even touch the ones that LeBron's are um, a part of, right? Under Armour is nowhere near Nike and they will never be anywhere near Nike. But there was a period there where Steph was outselling him in shoes and he probably still is, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Um, to to be able to, to, for a second there, Nike probably was looking at Under Armour like, yo, like, we got to do something about this because Steph is... He's outselling us. That should never happen. And, you and if know, Under Armour was actually smart, if mm-hmm. they were a smart company, and shout out to my goat Steph, if he had some better people around him, they could have done something over there at mm-hmm. Under Armour. They could have. Because yes. all it takes is hiring the right people. Whether you take them from Nike or you find some untapped talent out there, all it takes is getting the right marketing people around you, the right designers around you. Like, it can be better. It doesn't have to be worse just because they're Under Armour. They just don't have the right people. Yeah, and I think they're trending in the right direction as far as at least making his shoes look better. But it, it didn't help that KD came to the Warriors. He's also a Nike athlete, and they kind of shared the shine a little bit. And it was just, you know, you're not going to beat Nike when when they're when you're right next to a guy. But yeah, it just goes back to your point of Steph has been rivaling as a face of this league for the past five, six, seven, eight years, and to just immediately dismiss all the other guys who have cases the way that Draymond did, it just seems a little bit lazy and, for lack of a better term, like Dick Ryder-ish. But, I mean, like I said, he's clutch clutch above everything. Like, that's just – that's just the reality of it. So – I don't know. I'm just a big believer in, like, you don't kind of, like – shit on the people who like helped you get there you know what I mean and like where you came from you know Warriors fans been here holding you down Steph has been holding you down I mean like in reality if it wasn't for Steph on some teams you may not have made it because it's honestly Steph loving you and finding you indispensable while you're still here and and tolerated and people may not want to hear that but like Draymond's a lot guys he's a lot Steph could have been like, yo, he just punched Jordan in the face. Get him out of here. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so. Um, or he could have been like, yo, he just called Katie a bitch. Get him out of here. Do everything you can to keep Katie here. It kind of just makes his statements, you know, when he said things in the past, like, I would die for Steph. You would die for him. But you you out here, like, you know, I'm not telling you. Not. Like, first of all, I, I get Dre's reasons for joining Clutch. You know, people were mad about it. I get it. It's black owned. You want to support? I, I get all that. I like, I don't, I'm not a big LeBron fan, but I love the movement of like mm-hmm. black men and, and black faces and getting into this space. But I still feel like there was a way to do this without it also being that like, 
I don't know, like that you just, I mean, you can even, there's ways that you can praise LeBron without it also, you know, mm-hmm. disrespecting your own teammate. And um, I don't see how he doesn't see that. I really don't. Um, but listen, I'm not, you know, there's going to be people who say like, Steph don't care about stuff like that. And I'm just like, is that true? I don't know personally, <laughs> but like we know Steph notices and hears everything. The fact that he doesn't react to it, but it doesn't mean that he's, I mean, look, he reacted to Maverick Carter, <laughs> you know? So like, I, I just don't know why we think that that stuff doesn't like. Also first game of the season when, when Draymond's like kicking it up with LeBron, we see Andre on the, on the bench, making them hand gestures. Exactly. Like, <laughs> We we they they definitely feel a certain way about it. Whether they actually care enough for it to affect their relationship, I don't think that you know. But it's it's hard to not notice some of the stuff. Precisely. Yeah. So anyway, um, I know I'm sure there's some people who listen to us who are not gonna like what we said, but that's what it is, and I'm not gonna like not say what I think, you know, <sighs> because it's Dre. But like that shit was really whack to me, and I was not feeling it. Um, so whatever we move, the Warriors move. I think they're what like tied for eighth right now in the standing. So yes, they fell out of the top six. I don't really care when every team is like one game apart, you know, the goal isn't the goal obviously is to avoid a play in, but the goal is to finish within the top four. And I I think that three or four spot is theirs for the taking. And Mm -hmm. I expect them once Steph returns to go after it. Yeah. Um, they got to win essentially like 65 to 70 percent of the their games to finish out the season i think they will do that they are currently one game out of fifth behind the kings the mavericks we expect to taper down a little bit and start losing some games and then once you get at four then you can really look at what needs to happen for you to get into the top three but they they should be at four relatively soon uh, at least before the all-star break, I think they should be in fourth and kind of firmly in fourth. Uh, but let's we just hope we can get some consistency with health and that'll be a start to to making that happen. Mm, Steph making that late season MVP case. I like the sounds of that. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just want to know, I know we left Draymond, but I just want to say, I don't know how people don't think it's notable. And I said it and I called it out and some people didn't like that I said it and I don't care. Andrew Wiggins has more and um more all-star votes than him, right? <laughs> and like guys, they play for the same team. The same fans are voting. Why do you think Andrew Wiggins has more votes than Draymond Green? It's not just because Andrew Wiggins scores more. Like when you think of everything, because people are like, well, Clay has more votes than him too, but it's not that big gap. Like it's like a, and Clay did always have more votes from him, even in the past when they did all-star because he's the offensive player, but there's a substantial gap between Andrew Wiggins Mm -hmm. and Dre. And this is now the second year in a row, right? You're talking about a guy who has won four championships for this, this franchise. He's been at the heart of it for definitely the first three and like parts of the fourth, right? And a player who just came in, is getting more love than him, substantially more. I don't know. You read the tea leaves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do think him being from Canada helps a little bit, but well, yeah. you let the Canadians tell it, and they're like, "No, we don't love Andrew over here like that." And look, it's hard to say. We're not in Canada. We don't know. But I'm just saying. No, it's definitely it's definitely noteworthy. I do think Drake could be getting more votes. Um than he is but you can't you can't say a lot of people the wrong way i mean people will lie but like in his first game back there were some boos even if they were not like overshadowing the chairs there were boos like he's ruffled some feathers so i don't know that he's like he's gonna always be beloved by some but i just i don't i think he's lost some of that you know Mm mm-hmm that love with fans. I think so too. I mean, if you think back to 2015 when he was like, Cavs suck, yup, we won, no, like all that type and of we stuff. We love that they shit. Loved we it. embraced it. Loved it. And then what in 2017 when he wore the, the Quicken Loans thing, he had, it said Quickie because they got him out of there in five games and he was talking about 
LeBron, you started the super teams, bro. Like all that type of stuff. People were like, yo, this is our guy. And then from then on, it was kind of like he just went like more and more in the opposite direction. And like I said, in my opinion, sure, do you, bro, win games, win championships. But you you can't complain about all-star voting and and not being but posted on not, the Warriors page. Not, but I'm just pointing it out. Yeah, remember, I mean, he complained about, like, not being posted on the Warriors Instagram at one point and all that type of stuff. It's like, bro, you don't even be, like, endorsing the Warriors like like you really could, you know? Like, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Very there's a price that comes with your clutchness. <laughs> yeah. With the K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right on that note let's end it listen guys um this was a good one this is a good con- i enjoyed this conversation justin yeah this was a good one we kinda- um we got the vibes on the pod even if the the team well less vibes last night for the game but we got vibes over here <laughs> and the vibes will continue for uh the next game so thanks for tuning in make sure you download share tell a friend leave some positive feedback five star ratings we appreciate you and follow follow us on instagram and twitter at golden spaces pod until next time guys take care